We're live and recording. We're live, we're back. We were live when we recorded this. <laughs> oh, man, we had a very, very special guest. Uh, probably the biggest we've had other than the one and only Jake McGovern, Jake McGovern. I'd say. Yeah, friend of the podcast, brother to me, cousin to you. <laughs> uh, Anna Kate was our guest uh, today. Yes. Anna Kate is a Russian immigrant who she was on. She, well, she came over when she was four years old. It, she's still an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Is there is there an age limit to when you're not considered an immigrant? <laughs> uh, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, she was also on the show Survivor. That if you remember that show where you, you know, on camera reality show. Yep. yep. Get voted off the island. Torches. Immunity. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she, she was on that show, which is, I think, where she got a lot of her... Uh, uh, followers. Kind of some momentum and followers, yeah. right? And then uh, she's also a professional poker player, uh, which you'll hear her reference, which is pretty cool. Yeah, back in the day. Doesn't do it anymore, but was got pretty well known from there, too. So she, got, she was saying she has a couple of different... Eclectic audience members of uh, people that follow her on Twitter and whatnot. And then she did the next logical thing, which, what do you do with a big following base? You start a political commentating show. <laughs> that's what we did. That's, that's true. Yeah. We, except we weren't on a reality show or were famous poker. But other yeah. than that... Yeah, d- define big. Define a big uh, Huge. 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 <laughs> she, she, Anna Kate is also a, being a woman... And a uh, immigrant, she's a huge Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loves Donald Trump. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. good you made that connection. I didn't make that yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, really um, a good reason we wanted to bring her on the show. We had, we had talked about talking with her for a while and reaching out, but we just so happened to meet her at uh, Mike Cernovich's Night of Freedom, uh, which was that uh, party in New York a couple weeks ago. Uh, and uh, met her really quick and asked her if she'd come on. She she uh, graciously came on. And um, what was really interesting is in the past two months or so, um, she was kind of on her radar like summer uh, or so when she first started her show on YouTube. Um, her she uh, she had a conservative leaning show. Uh, she doesn't like labels, but I'm gonna say that anyways. Um, and just started to kind of gain some followers. Had tens of thousands of views. Had about five thousand subscribers and was a you know a slowly growing show, and she was planning on she had a f- couple of shows with uh, Liz Crocken, who's um, uh, an investigative journalist who specializes in looking into pedophilia rings um, uh, around the world, and um, uh, I hadn't and I satanic rituals and yeah. Uh, some 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 brainwashing stuff and some <laughs> yeah. high level stuff that we don't get too much into, but I, I think that that's sorry, that's not the point. Yeah, 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 and I think yeah. it's, it'll be interesting to research her. I, I hadn't heard much about her before, but um, they were planning on doing a big show, and uh, she tells this, this crazy story about how they were followed, and then mysteriously, very strangely, the next day, her uh, her. YouTube channel was deactivated with no warning, no email, no explanation. She finally got an explanation. She tells us the story. It's really exciting. I think it was a great show and great guest, and uh, we're, we're excited to 
keep bringing the conversations here. And, oh, which the most important part, go on YouTube uh, if you're listening to this on our podcast. And it's our first video, I'm Duff, podcast. So we, it was all of us on a uh, Google Hangout, and you can see our beautiful mugs. Finally. Finally. I know this is what everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, get these <laughs> get these pearly whites out and shining. <laughs> Did you want to say anything else, Tommy? I do. Uh, I do. I do. Um, Duh. Duh. All right, let's get it going. Um, duh. What is right and wrong? Um, duh. What is good and bad? I always refer to myself as a contrarian. The search for common sense in the defense of free speech. Um, duh. Um, duh. Um, duh. Um, duh. Um, duh. Um, duh. Um, well, welcome to Amda Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, cool. Um, so we met briefly at uh, Night of Freedom in, in uh, New York. Um, but I, I think I mentioned to you really quick that uh, Tommy and I, when we were kind of making a list of certain people we wanted to start talking to, um, you were on it. And uh, it, was, it was just by coincidence that... Before we met you. Before you were cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, we, we were excited to have you on, and uh, uh, obviously just uh, us going to Night of Freedom, you kind of get a sense of uh, where we're coming from, um, but uh, how'd you get involved with, with going there, and, and, and um, yeah, how'd you end up talking to them? Sure, um, I talked to a friend of mine, and he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to speak at the event, and I said absolutely, um, you know, and then he ended up having a panel, which was fun, uh, with Ali, his wife, and uh, Jack Sobic. so they're all friends of mine, and I said absolutely, and so I uh, ended up going to the event, had a great time that you guys, we had such a blast, it was really fun, yeah. and it was just nice to see, you know, a bunch of friends I haven't seen in a while, get all, you know, come together, have a party, Mike knows how to throw a party, and Mike is also really, you know, is, is a stand-up guy, and he's been through a lot of crap with the left trying to, um, you know, stop the the night from happening. But the night went on, and Mike did a great job putting it all together and putting you know money out of his own pocket. So he's he's a true friend, a, a, a great person, and uh, we had a blast. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I loved that part when when Mike was stood up there and he's like, you know, the most attractive thing about the left is they know how to have fun. He's like, I'm sorry, but it's true. So it's we true. need to also party. And then he just hits the music and the two <laughs> American girls with the bikini, like the bikini yeah. flag start dancing and stuff. I was like, Milton oh, Cooks did great. I mean, he's right. Yeah. I mean, it's important to not just give the news. It's important to also have fun and, you know, and, and, and you know, almost like rejuvenate your soul sometimes because it can be so negative it can be so depressing it can be such an echo chamber it's important to also have fun and it's important it's important to actually actually meet people in person that you talk to on twitter and know then have that personal interaction because it just if i think it fuels the movement even more the fact that we know each other personally the fact that we're on the same page and that we you know we met each other in the flesh it makes it just so much more personal yeah also. yeah what, what's your Definitely. what's your experience been on twitter talking to people and building relationships there uh, that's the majority of how I met people. Um, you know, t- that's how I met Mike 2015 during the campaign trail. I would follow his stuff. I'd follow Jack Posobiec's stuff. Really, Mike Sternovich was the, actually the, the guy that really red-pilled me during the campaign trail. And I would always favorite his stuff. I'd always share his stuff. And he followed me back. And, and I just sent a message, hey, love your work, great job. And we just kind of started talking there. We're, you know, we've been friends ever since. And uh, know his wife. And they're just, they're a great couple. And 
at that time, I met Jack Posobiec as well. And Jack Posobiec reached out to me when he threw a rally for peace, uh, rally against political violence in D.C., asked me to speak. It was my first public speaking event, which I was really nervous for. Um, but I was really excited to do, and it was right in front of the White House. And, and I was just like, I've met everyone, and I've, we've gotten connected through, through Twitter. So I'm so thankful for Twitter. I, that is my main platform. That is where I get all my news and you know, news, news get up there really fast, even before it hits the TV screen. So uh, Twitter is definitely, you know, a, a great place, but at the same time, it's an echo chamber. So I try, I like recently for the past, I think month, I've been on it way less than I normally am. You know, I'm always yeah. tweeting normally. So just yeah. been nice to kind of get away and doing other things, right? Well, doing things on top of that. So I can't stand Twitter all day, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I find myself when I, because I, I, I understand that echo chamber thing and Whenever I'm following, I try to I try to follow just like the the widest breadth of of the spectrum, and I always have to stop myself mm-hmm. from the clicking the unfollow button when I when I'm like listen to someone super lefty or someone super SJW just because I want to know what they're thinking like how their thought process is going. But yeah, it's hard to get it's it, and the, it's important you say that because on the one hand it's triggering and you're like how can they be so stupid, <laughs> and then on the other hand you're like you want to know their arguments and you want to know their points that they use because you want to be able to be you know just like any battle you're prepared before you go into battle so you want to make sure that you are have an arsenal full of talking points and debate points and and facts and make sure you know their talking points and so that's the way to combat them is with facts they can't really argue facts and truth. Right. We know that, and so uh, it's it's important to know what what their points of view are before you get into battle with them. So yeah, yeah, and we want to we don't want to be like them where we just want to silence the the person that we disagree with, which is kind of how I mean uh, you know this is a relatively new podcast. Uh, um, duh, kind of standing for that symbol of common sense and critical thinking, and um, you know, free speech is uh, is really when we started watching like the. Uh, guys like Milo and, and these huge riot, riots at Berkeley and, and these talks being shut down. That's where Mike and I got pretty passionate, decided that we wanted to to start this. And uh, I love speaking it. Of, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was saying to Tommy. When, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, when we were staying in line for uh, Night Freedom, I was like, oh, this, you know, this is cool. It's, it's great to be here. And then I, I, I said to him, I was like, like you know, I, I don't want to be. Like it's hard to it's hard to tell when you're having conversations with people and you're reading things on the internet. You're reading. You're like, like, is the culture really still this way? You don't know. It's like you don't want to be the the Jesse Jackson or the Al Sharpton, where like 50 years later you're still fighting for civil rights when it like ended, you know, 20 years earlier. So it's it's good to like get a gauge um, uh, and and try to understand and like, am I still? Is this still how it is? Are people still, you know, rioting against? speakers are they still you know well we literally had a riot outside that i was event. gonna say yeah. we saw that it's true it's <laughs> not fake news it happens yeah and it's, it's so sad that this is the kind of things that the right has to deal with i mean when is the last time you heard a left event being shut down because of these right wingers who were violent <laughs> and had you know little fake bombs in their pocket and you know uh, and 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 bottles full of urine. I mean, that doesn't happen on the right. Left doesn't get shut down like that. And, you know, when was the last time the left had to find three different locations to throw a party, you know, just to throw a regular freaking party? You know, it doesn't happen. It's not in the news. It doesn't happen. Mm. It, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy what we have to do with on our side, but 
that's what is what happens when everything's stacked against us the media you know the government for a large part i mean there's just so many there's just so much going on in the country and, and the great thing is people like you who want to start a show want to start a conversation it's this is what this is what's this is what's happening throughout the country is that this alternative media these alternative podcasts are popping up everywhere and it's it's wonderful to see people not afraid to speak up anymore not afraid to you know because here's what happens on Twitter and social media um, you know on the one hand it's a great equalizer it makes every single person have a platform and make it very accessible and everyone has a platform but on the other hand many people are anonymous they're afraid to speak up they have a job they don't want to lose it I get it they don't want to lose their job they don't want to be you know, shunned and picked on and, and uh, embarrassed in school. I get that. But at the same time, it's great when faces do come out. It's not just an eggshell, you know, an egghead as your uh, avatar. It's a real person having real opinions, having, you know, real conversations, having a real podcast. I mean, it's important. This is what, this is, this is what I've always said for years that people need to do this. And then I was like, wait, I'm being a hypocrite. I should do that myself. So then I, you know, started one myself <laughs> Right. and uh, that got shut down, but that's okay. I'm going to continue, but this is, this is great that you guys do that. So it's wonderful. Yeah. So, Proud of you. so we did a combination of, of learning about you and not doing too much research because I didn't want it to, to influence the conversation too much. So uh, one of the elephant room elephants in the room that um, we wanted to ask you about, of course, is your show. Um, mm -hmm. So could you give us a little context and, and then kind of tell us what you think happened? Sure. Um, yeah, I had my Anna Kate show on YouTube was growing quite, quite rapidly and never had any flags, never had any warnings, never had, never had anything happen, uh, you know, out of my, out of the ordinary in order to like be flagged and, and be seen as something, something wrong with my channel. I was demonetized very, uh, a lot of videos, you know, mm -hmm. with those croaking and, you know, Jack Vasilvic, I had, um, the only thing that ever happened on my YouTube channel was, was demonetized. And then one of my shows with Tommy Robinson was taken down. It, just no warning. They just deleted my video and said, sorry, you know, uh, can't, you know, not, uh, what do they say? Uh, you know, broke the, broke the guidelines. And the only thing that Tommy was ta really talked about on that channel, on that show was, um, was the fact that he, um, the fact that he was, he was, he was nearly assassinated by this, these three guys, three Muslim guys who uh, ended up going to jail for 30 years because they were legitimately trying to kill him. And so he was just talking about that and, and other things that were happening in his country and the, the show got taken down. And, um, you know, they have a vendetta against him. They have a vendetta against the truth coming out. They have a vendetta against anyone exposing some of the evil that comes out of immigration. And, um, but yeah, so I had a great show was going. It was, it was, growing quite fast mm. and I had Liz Crokin on my show the last few episodes and she was supposed to come on again. Liz Crokin is a great friend of mine. I'm sure you guys know about mm. her um, and the viewers know about her. Mm. If you don't know about her, I suggest you look into her. She's an independent journalist who does a lot of investigations with child sex trafficking mm. um, and human trafficking in this country and all around the world, but specifically in this country. She exposes it. She does her own research. She travels around the country. She is a journalist that has been in the mainstream media for a long time. She used to, you know, cover celebrities and all that. And she's worked for everyone under the sun, you know, um, Sun Tribune and, and uh, Inquirer, Hollywood Reporter, all this, all these. She used to be part of the media until she got woken up to what's going on and mm. started doing her own research and was obviously blacklisted from mainstream media and does her own work and uh, her own investigations. And she's an independent investigator now, journalist. 
And um, she was coming on my show talking about pedophilia, talking about the occult, talking about we were, t- we're, we're supposed to have a show on Q. You know, what, what's up with this Q guy and this who we think it is. And let's talk about some things that, that he said, some things that are happening. We were supposed to have an intense live stream going through as much as we can. And we were planning to do it for like three, four hours. I mean, it was supposed to be a really great show. And yeah. I knew I knew a lot of people wanted to watch it and, and wanted to, you know, just sit down together with all our notes and go through it and have a live chat with everyone. I mean, it was going to be really good, I think. And um, I went to go visit her in California and... We got followed, you know, a few days before, not a lot of people know, actually, no, I put it on my Twitter, but a few days before my show, we were going to do it live, um, we were followed, and it was very creepy, it was very eerie, like and a pe- we like knew a right away. private eye or something like that? Like, we were, it was a last minute decision for me to come to California, I'm pretty yeah. spontaneous, and I came to go visit her, and we were invited to this Christmas party that was honoring a bunch of vets, and we it was a private party and um it was on a dead end street long story short we were driving and my phone was acting all weird my gps was acting really weird my phone kept lagging i mean that was like liz or something wrong my phone it never happens it never does this and we get to the party and um we're parking the car and as as she made like a you it's it's a dead end street and as she was making a a a u-turn on that street to to park in this little spot um, you know, there was a car that stopped and waited for us to finish parking and she finished parking the spot and in and, and the spot and the car never moved. And we're like, this is weird. And we're standing, waiting, waiting, waiting. The car never, he had plenty of room to go through. I mean, our doors were closed. Nothing was wrong. I'm like, that's weird. And I look at her. She's like, oh, we just ignore it. And then a minute later we hear beeping. Beep cars behind him saying, hello, can you guys move? Like what's going on? And, um, and they uh, they didn't move. And so Liz opened her door. She's driving. She goes, you guys okay? There's plenty of room. You guys should drive and go through. There's, you know, you guys okay? There's beeping behind you. And uh, the guy goes, well, we can't go through. Your door's open. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what? The door was closed the whole time. So we're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she closed the door. They went through. And as they're going through, I'm looking. And I was like, that's weird. And as they're driving by us, the guy in the passenger seat just starts waving at me really in like a really creepy way and I'm like okay well maybe I'm like I'm looking is that my friend because I'm supposed to see my friends there is that my friend I'm like I don't recognize them whatever so they drive by and we we just I have a really good instinct and so does Liz one of the strongest I've I've, I I know personally and something was wrong and I looked at Liz Liz was like Anna if they follow again there's something wrong like if they if they come to us again there's something wrong I was like yeah for sure by the way I've never been followed. Liz has been followed many, many, many times. Again, she exposes pedogate. She exposes pedophilia. She's had many threats. She's had her dog poisoned one day. She's had people follow her all the time, and her friends don't believe her, and, and they they so, literally come. Sorry, just to give you context. Can, yeah. Just, so Liz, uh, she's the, like, like Liz pizza, like, is she, like, associated with, like, the Pizzagate uh deal, like, the, pet, the pedogate or whatever it's called now? yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Pedigree Pizzagate, she, yeah, she exposes a lot of the people that are involved in that. And it's it's a true thing. It's absolutely true. And um, so, and so, so yeah. this, this is important for our listeners. So, like, the, she she believes that, like, a third of the government, right, or, or what is it, like, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, people in the Congress are, are part of this pedophilia ring? Um, it's not that a third are involved. It's that well, there's a good majority of people in Congress that are allegedly involved in many felonies um including you know money laundering and racketeering and yes there does include pedophilia for sure there are plenty of rings that were busted and that had many 
politicians that were busted along with it. I mean, you can look at a famous case, it's called Franklin Credit Union um, case where Republican Lawrence King was implicated, uh, a well-known uh, Republican, I think was from Arkansas. And there was plenty of politicians that were involved in that ring. I mean, there's pedophilia rings that are in the country for sure, and they go all the way to the top for sure. And so, um, but just, just so with that context, long story short, that yeah, car, that, that's okay. That car came back and rolled down their window. And I was talking about this at the time. I was really, it was like, this is weird. They rolled down their window and they very, in a very creepy, very, um, how do I say, in a very teasing, mocking kind of way, just, it, it, they were like, you know, hey, girls, and and made it seem, and they stayed there for, for quite a, a decent amount of time just staring at us, and in my opinion, trying to tell us, hey, we're watching you, and um, it was very, it was a very creepy way, and they, they did come back, and they said, you know, hey, girls, and they're laughing, they're taunting, that's what I was looking for, they were laughing while they were saying that, it wasn't like, hey, girls, what's up, like, how are yeah. you guys doing, like, what's up, you know, two cute girls standing here, you know, right. they were, it was a very taunting, laughing, creepy way, the next day, my show was pulled off air. Uh, well, my show was pulled off YouTube. And again, we were supposed to do this huge expose, expose on Q and other topics. And um, so you had, you had and briefly the next spoken day, to her. You had briefly spoken to her in a, in a shorter episode, and then you were planning on doing the longer one that day. Yeah, she was on yeah. my show a few times. Yeah. Exactly, she was on my show insane. a few times. And yeah. each show, there was like forty thousand views. I mean, it was it was yeah. it was going up for you know right. the view the, the views were, were were pretty significant for for my little channel right. um, that was growing. That's insane. And so and so we so as soon as they left, I mean, the hairs in the back of my neck. I've I've been in a situation like that one time, and uh, I was I was exactly right on there. Something was wrong, and I actually literally saved my life from getting out of that situation. It was in Russia, actually. <laughs> it was 15. And, uh, you know, my mom didn't sniff it out. I knew at 15 there was something wrong, and I saved our life by getting us away, uh, you know. And uh, that's another story for another time. I'll tell you that story. But <laughs> it's a long story. So, um, no, so 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 they drove away, and I was just, the, the back of my hair stood up, and it was just like, wow, Liz, are watching us. I was like, oh, my God. She's like, Anna, I get followed all the time. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't let it scare you. They're just trying to scare us. Just ignore them. And I'm like, just ignore them. I was just followed, you know, yeah. and taunting us and stop of it. And so, and by the way, it's a dead end street. Right. You know, it, no. it was like two, it was like two big guys with glasses on and suits on. I mean, forget about what they're wearing. It's just the whole thing yeah. was odd. They, and a lot of times, if you read stories of people that were followed, a lot of times these, these bad guys, they make it really obvious that there's something wrong and don't forget about us kind of situation. And they made sure that we understood what was going on by again, um, you know, coming up to us and, and laughing at us and saying, hey, girls, you know, we, we're watching you. And my phone was bugging out. My show was pulled the next day. And I didn't get a warning. So with my show, I didn't get a warning. I didn't get a flag. I didn't get an email. I didn't what? even get an email. I found out because I, I was on my phone and I was like, that's weird. I don't, my, my avatar picture is gone. You know, yeah. it's like, a, it's like just, this is gray. And I was like, something wrong. And so I went through the back end of YouTube logging in through my other, uh, no, through my email, and, and I'm like, what's going? And then, it, and then that's when it popped up and said, your show has been suspended. Your YouTube channel has been suspended. You violated it, indefinitely. These... Indefinitely, no button for appeal. Again, I didn't get an email. I didn't get a warning. I never even had a flag. Mm -hmm. Just pull the next day. And and in order, I, I feel like in order, and people are like, oh, well, maybe there's someone complaining about your show. If someone was complaining about my show, it's they wouldn't they wouldn't just disconnect it like that. Right. I mean, I feel like they got a phone call from I I personally that's just my gut feeling. It's there's someone high up that made a phone call and said, Hey, 
you know, that, yeah. they're getting some that was distraction. Gonna, that was going to be my next question for you is, is what, what exactly do you think happened? So you think it, it, it was a phone oh. call? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, my gut feeling is that there's someone that called. Well, the thing that is, so, be, yeah, so talk, like talk, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. someone high up. I don't know if it's government person. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Um, um, it's someone important, someone yeah. with connections, someone who, who monitors stuff again, like my phone was hacked and it was just, just weird things were, ha- oh, another mm-hmm. thing that happened the two weeks before, um, Liz was hanging out with, was with one of our girlfriends, our mutual friend, and they happened to actually talk about me just as we were doing this mm-hmm. show a little while later. And her, Liz, her phone was being weird again. And, um, her phone was being weird and she, it was a Facebook live video that was posted, but it was edited and she never went on Facebook live. And it was just strange. It was just, there's a lot of weird things that happened right before and then it was suspended and then everything kind of stopped. So I feel like, honestly, I, I personally feel like someone was, was just saying, hey girls, stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, again, we were supposed to have a huge thing on cue. I mean, it was going to go viral. I, I know that for sure. Wow. wow. Yeah, but it's, wow. yeah. Then we got followed and then it got shut down the next day. I don't think it's a coincidence that those those things happened, uh, those things happened back to back. Yeah, it, it doesn't... <laughs> I mean, you can't. Or it's an awful, crazy coincidence. Just saying. Yeah. You know? Well, and but... I don't normally say people follow me. I'm not. I'm very alert. I'm very aware. Listen, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm mm. very aware of my surroundings. I have a very good instinct. I'm also a poker player, so that's another thing that I have. It's my instincts. I right. mean, I go with my instincts 100 percent of the time. I never doubt myself. If there's something, I feel like something's wrong. I always pull yeah. myself out of it. Yeah. And uh, it was. It was definitely my hair back, of my neck stood up. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because never it, happened again. Thank God. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, because I remember recently. I don't know if it was an actual ladder ladder with Crowder show or if he was a guest on someone else's show, but he was talking about how they got invited to YouTube uh, or it was Google in New York, um, one of their offices there, and how they they just gave him a bunch of non answers about all the demonetization, about all of the mm. censorship, and they kind of like they they were kind of welcoming, but at the same time, no one really gave him any 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 uh, answers. It's hard to believe um, that this is all algorithms or it's all things that are oh, yeah. that it's bots, um, and it makes you it makes you think because with with your case, just um, kind of my first impression is like this is an up and coming YouTuber. This is someone who does who has an audience who has influence, but does not have, but is not there yet. Whereas if this is to happen, if we're going to shut this down. That, yeah. that, that it's going to cause a, a big stir in the media. Like no one's going to talk about it, which is. I know. And that's why I was. Okay. So exactly. Like, like Crowder has a million subscribers that yeah. follow him. I mean, I think at the time I had like 5,000 and I, I, it was only on for like a few months, which is, which, which, which is, which is great for a few months for sure. But I mean, it's such a small number and right. it's just, it, it was, it was, I knew when I started the show, I knew that my show will eventually be taken off air. I prepared myself for it mentally, completely prepared myself for it. That's funny. I knew it was going to happen. And and that's why when it happened, when I looked at YouTube and I saw that it was suspended, I wasn't crying. I was laughing. (laughs) I was laughing. I was like... I knew this that, didn't happen, but I knew this would happen so soon. And I was hysterically laughing. And I, um, and I was like, I was actually Liz's house. I was like, Liz, come here. Like, the the like, first time show. that I, the first time that I saw you was on the, the Gavin McKinnis show. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like six months ago or something. And, and you, you said on his show, you're like, oh, it's great that we have these platforms. 
as long as I don't get kicked off, I can joke about it. <laughs> I'm t- I, I, I know it's going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen so fast. Yeah, Gavin's a good friend of mine. He's he's awesome. He, he's, at, you know, actually at the Night for Freedom, yeah. we yeah. were, uh, he, he, I was like walking by and, uh, he, and he goes, Anna, Anna, Anna. And I come over and I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, I want to introduce you to someone. I was like, sure, who? And he goes, Anna, this is Chelsea Manning, Chelsea Manning, Anna. And I'm like, I'm looking like, what the heck is she doing here? So I shake yeah. her hand. And I, and I always analyze, I'm always, you know, reading body language and all that stuff. And I'm like, she's not happy to be here. She didn't make any eye contact. <laughs> all the stuff I'm thinking, I'm like, why is she even, and I'm just thinking in my head, why is she, my first thought was, why is she here? This is not her type of friends yeah, yeah. group, you know? And and the next thought I was, why is she here? She looks so miserable here. Mm. Why is she here? But you see like Gavin smiling and Cassandra's everyone's like talking to her and, and, yeah. and she's, she's not interested and like all pissed off, but everyone's being really nice to her around her. And right. he was, you know, he's introducing people to her. And yeah. And I saw, yeah. I saw, and I, saw that I saw Tim Poole did a, did a video about her going there and then like her strange reaction or strange tweets about it where, yeah. 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 What, uh, I, I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you're, if you guys agree with me, I feel like she was, First of all, I love the fact that she basically extended herself out to coming to the party and meeting people in person. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think that's important for the you know for the left and right to be able to see what each other are doing, hear each other out, just stop listening to the fake stream media and all that stuff that are trying to feed us and divide us, but actually come and try to bridge some gaps and talk. I appreciate mm-hmm. her doing that, and I know that was something that she wanted to do is what she said she was going to do. Yeah. The one th- I think what happened was that she got such attack from the left that her base, her left base, which is all she has, she doesn't have the right base. So if she loses the left base, she's nobody, right? And I think that the left base uh, really were, were disappointed with her and she got a lot of backlash. And I think that she was trying to do damage control. Yeah. And so the next day it was like, oh, I infiltrated this white supremacist group. And she damn well wasn't a white supremacist group. And, and I think she was doing damage control. I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? Well, I don't know. Tommy, did, did you want to say did you want to say? Oh, go ahead. No, yeah. I was going to say, I, it seems to me, it's kind of like, I don't know too much about Chelsea Manning, and I kind of forgot about him, her, um, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but no, she, uh, yeah, so it, what What that seemed to me, just just from what I know, the very little of what I know about her, is it's kind of like on the schoolyard when you want to go make friends with people, but you're afraid of rejection. So you're kind of like... You're kind of feeling it out and you're kind of like, you know, saying a bunch of disclaimers about why you're going to hang out with these people. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what I got from Tim Pool's video is that it seemed to me that she was hanging out with uh, some people in the past year or two um, that are uh, associated with uh, the new right. Yeah. Like, and in, it's, a, like it's, in a friendly seems... way, not in like a public yeah. context. Oh, yeah. No. And, and I think that... And, you know, just, just judging, I think, from the relationship that I can see that she has with Cassandra, she, from from what I heard also, which Cassandra's a great girl, one of my friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, that she's open to having a conversation with someone. I mean, Cassandra's a well-known you know, journalist on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, just having relationships with people that I think are amazing and people that that can really speak to her and, and show her the light of what <laughs> our movement is all about, right? Um, but I, I think on the other side, with with just her body language there, I, I, I again I appreciate her. I mean, saying that she came out there to bridge a gap and talk to each other, but mm. judging again by her body language, she was so closed off. Like she, she in my opinion, when if you come in open minded and you're talking to people and you're like a little reserved, that's fine, that's normal. 
but she was really closed off, didn't really want to have a conversation, didn't make any eye contact. It was just, it was awkward. It was really weird. Um, I don't know if it's because you know, she's transgender and she feels like she's being judged. It must be terrible to, to, to constantly think that people are judging you and whatnot, especially on the right when they're outspoken about it, which trust yeah. me, I agree. And I believe in the whole bio, biological purposes that, you know, it's a man, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but I, I, it might be that too. She seemed a bit closed off. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's important to be open-minded. I mean, it's hard to be open-minded when you're so closed off. That was yeah. just my opinion. Again, this is just my opinion, my judgment. Right. Um, just, just my body language analysis, I should say, not judgment. Yeah. yeah. So that's that comes mainly from your poker days, right? Which yeah, well, it comes mainly from my from my college days. I was, uh, okay. you know, uh, loved biology, loved psychology, yeah. knew I wanted to do something in science, and of yeah. course, decided to take a few years off and play poker for a living. Right. Um, totally, my parents were really happy about that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I studied psychology, and then I got into poker, and then yeah. that's why I got into Survivor because there's also it's a psychology game, it's an awareness right. game, paying attention to cues that people are giving off to you, your projection of yourself on other people, how they're judging and how they're characterizing you mm. and how to adjust. I mean, uh, poker is a game of strategy. It's a game of adjusting. It's a game of reading situations, math, and, and reading people. And so mm. poker and survivor are very similar, which is why I loved both of them for a long, long time. They're very similar. And that's why I did both because <laughs> I love them so much. And, um, yeah, so uh, there, there, there's a bit of that also. In, not a bit of it. There's a lot of it in the real world because um, – you're constantly, you know, giving off cues to people. You're constantly trying to understand what people are telling you, whether it's, uh, you know, verbal or nonverbal. So, yeah. and it's helpful when you're dating a guy and you know he's full of shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so then you, uh, you're back on YouTube now, though, right? Is that... I'm not. You're, you got oh. your. Oh. So you have your personal. Page, right? I have my personal account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. my personal account and my Anna Kate show, which, which was suspended, but my personal account. Oh, okay. I upload videos here and I don't really use it that much. I should. I'm a, hmm. I'm, I'm in talks with having my show back on um, a network, uh, not a network, sorry. Uh, well, it's called LibertyOneTV.com where Joe Biggs is on there. Liz Crokin is on there. I might have my own show on there. I'm probably okay. going to do it. Okay. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm thinking I might just do my show, like probably on Patreon, something private just for some people that have supported me for a long time and just have a little private show for a little while. Yeah, okay. Now, that sounds weird. Not a private show, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah. Show with guests, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, well, what, something I was curious about is um, with with the way that they treated you and the way that they got rid of your show, um, what what would stop you from taking the, the videos that you already made and just re-uploading them? Yeah, I was I was thinking about doing that. And actually, specifically, I saved. I don't I don't have all the videos saved. I have okay. the videos of my most my most triggering videos. I saved. Um, <laughs> you know, my Tommy Robinson, video, my Liz Crooking video. So I absolutely can upload them again. And yeah. I and I know if I if I put it up again and then say, hey, these are the videos that were censored, it's going to get good good viewership. Yeah, uh, I know that for sure. I'm I'm thinking instead of doing that, just putting it on my website so it's there permanently. And screw YouTube, not give them the views, and they can go screw themselves. Um, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm hoping to put it on my sh website. Unfortunately, yeah. I think I can only upload like 15 minutes, so I have to figure out what oh, okay. channeling to want to restream it. I'm figuring all that out. I've been kind of all over the place, so my show and that has been taken out, taking a backseat of my life right now. But um, and I also honestly like I don't have as much as a. It's so weird. Like I not we. 
weird and 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 also goes to who I am like I follow my passions if there's something that I really want to do I do it mm -hmm. and if there's something I really don't want to do I don't do it but I follow my passions I had my passion to start my show for a long time uh for many months and I did it mm -hmm. and it was great and it was growing and then and then it was shut down and I thought and I and I, and I, and I, I know I'm gonna have it back on again right now it's not where my passion is to continue with it I have other I have other kind of things I want to do right. so I'm doing that right now and so I'll you know I'll come back to it eventually I'm just it's not on my heart as much as it as it was before so I follow my heart yeah and um, I will I'll come back on yeah yeah seems to be working out pretty well so far yeah <laughs> I mean, my parents don't understand it, but <laughs> I, I I'm very spontaneous, you know, I'm very, I, uh, my life is pretty spontaneous. I'm very, and it's, it's got, it's taking me on an interesting trip. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a good segue. Tommy, you wanted to ask her about, about, um, more philosophical stuff, right? I did. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, one, one of the, my favorite topics is, is, uh, philosophy and, and religion and, uh, theology and really the study of like behave like humans belief in the psychology of belief and mm -hmm. I, I know uh, I was really interested in in learning about your uh, you were an atheist for a while right and then I think just what it's been like a year that you've mm -hmm. uh, yeah can you, can you tell me about that a little bit and you're I think you had like a, a metaphysical type experience or something or sure yeah I was an atheist liberal my whole life, indoctrinated with all these ideologies from public schooling, and went to college, was still liberal, voted for Obama his first term, and then, you know, I was, you know, playing, playing poker for a living, and went on Survivor, and then after Survivor, I got back home. I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now as God cleansed me of my poker addiction, and, and, and not addiction, my, my poker passion for poker my my passion for survivor and other things that i was really passionate about was just gone it was just cleansed out of me mm -hmm. and i for some weird reason had a really big passion for politics and i'm i which is really weird because i hate politics you know what i mean at that time you know i really couldn't i don't want to talk about it i don't care about it I don't watch the news i just knew that i was pissed at obama when he bailed out the banks and I said to myself, I'm not voting for him again. I was really pissed off as, as a Democrat liberal, even, you know, I was pissed off. I was like, this is not for the government to take, not my tax that should pay for that, those bailouts. Um, but it didn't, it, it didn't wake me up. It, 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 it didn't awaken anything up in me. It was just, um, it was just things that I observed. But after Survivor, I filmed 2015, got back home and again, cleanse of that and started researching politics, reading about it, ordered books, couldn't understand why I'm so passionate about poker, uh, poker about, uh, about politics. I didn't play poker and you know, I was dating a guy at the time. I was like, what are you doing? You know, we were, he was a professional poker player. He didn't understand why I was on the computer all day long researching. Mm -hmm. And I was researching Noreen Gosh story. I was researching, you know, famous, you know, I got down the line of, 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 you know, really famous pedophilia ring stories. And I couldn't understand why I was just, I was engulfed with it. I could just research, research, read and read and read months. I mean, for like six months, I didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. Thankfully, I had a little money saved that I was able to do that. Um, and, you know, because I'm usually always working and I didn't want to. I just wanted to read and study. And so, and then um, I, I went down a, a bit of a dark hole in my life where I thought, okay, I don't have any passions except politics. What the heck am I going to do with this? <laughs> um, you know, you know, the campaign started, I, I listened to Donald Trump and things he's saying is resonating and I'm starting, you know, I'm agreeing with him. And I was, you know, I started, I was, I really was for Rand Paul until Trump started running. 
And, um, and then I, then he was just took, took the baton because Rand Paul kind of had like no energy. Um, love Rand, but he needs to work on his game a little bit, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, really wanted to president one day, but anyway, so, um, and it was just, it was not a really dark place where I didn't understand what I wanted to do with my life. It didn't make any sense. This is, this is, I, I like don't want to play poker. What's wrong with me? Long story short, um, I had a, a bit of a breakdown, I, I guess I can call that, uh, where I was just. I was in my room alone and I just cried out to God and I said, God, you know, I'm starting to think that you're real because if there's a Satan that the occult and everyone prays to, that there must be a God. And I, I have a feeling you're real, you know, show me you're real. I said, God, show me you're real. Two, what do I do with my life? And three, I'm doing all this research. I feel like I'm being lied to. You know, I want to know the truth of the world. Those three things I asked in that room, I didn't tell a soul. It was just me and the man upstairs if he existed at the time is what I thought. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, I was had this, uh, I was invited on this reality TV star tour where we went through, we, were, we had a tour of different high schools and junior high schools to talk to kids about bullying and, you know, drug abuse and all that stuff. And I had this guy come up to me and say, hey, Anna, I'm here to meet you. And I said, cool, you know, I thought he was a fan. And he goes, no, 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 I'm here to tell you something. It's going to sound weird, but I've, God uses me as a messenger and I have a message for you from God. And I said, okay. I, th- I thought he was insane. I was like, uh, okay, I'm again, an atheist, but again, searching and, 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 and seeking. And he, t- he tells me, he's like, I got to tell you that God is real. He's like, I'm here to tell you that God is real. Jesus is real. He died on a cross. He's your Lord and Savior. He started talking about the truth of the world. He started talking just everything that I asked in that room. and just started nailing. I didn't even ask and him. And you've never seen this guy before? No. I, I, I'm not going to mention his name for his privacy, um, but he, you know, he's a well-known reality TV star. Mm. And, um, and, you know, he just kept going through all the co- comments and, and, and questions I had and answered all of them. And then he told me, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you ever had a Holy Spirit experience. And I said, I never had a Holy Spirit experience. I don't even know what the heck that is, you know? And, um, and then I said, well, something happened to me when I was 18. I, I was on a birthright trip in Israel and I had an, ex- I had something beautiful come over me. It was a beautiful uh, experience. I felt like I was like on 10,000 drugs. It was just, it was just like, and I don't do drugs, but I can imagine that's probably what it felt like. So, um, you know, like 10, like I couldn't explain it. It was just so beautiful. And I heard like singing and it was beautiful and joyous. And it wasn't just me that experienced it. I was 18 again. It was like 12 o'clock during the day and we weren't drinking. It was birthright trip was really boring. Um, you know, and I remember standing, I mean, it wasn't really boring. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) Well, you got to wake up at 6 a.m. You're like, what and why am I here? Birthright people were were not bashing you. It it could be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no, 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 no. It's just, they, yeah. I speak about it all the time. Birthright, birthright is an awesome trip. It's just very, you know, it's it's tiring as a kid that, you know, you don't really want to go to all these places in one oh, yeah. day. It's tiring yeah. and boring. Some places are boring. Right. You appreciate when you're, I appreciate now when I go back to Israel, I was, I was back in October, I have family there. Like, I love it. And I, I have so much fun seeing it from a different, when you're a kid, it's boring, right? So my friend and I were standing there and um, pretty much making fun of the people that were praying blasphemy really hmm. saying how silly everyone is praying and how dumb they are and like no one's going to hear them and all this stuff just saying really bad things <laughs> and all of a sudden him and i just got we just got hit we just got hit with this most beautiful feeling that came over us we heard singing it was beautiful it was loud it was it sounded like thousands of people were standing there just like ah like it was just beautiful like that's actually what it sounded like it was like ah it was like non-stop ah and I look at him and, I, and I'm looking, we're both looking around and I look at him. I said, do you hear that? He goes, do you feel that? 
we're like, what is that? You know, so I, um, I, I creeped over, you know, I, I, I was, I tiptoed over to the tour guide and I said, listen, my friend and I, I don't know how to say this, but we're starting to, we're hearing things and we're feeling things. We don't understand what's going on. <laughs> and, and the tour guide was like, oh, finally, he goes, this happens rarely, but once in a while we'll have people hear this and feel this. We're like, yeah, what is that? And he was like, well, you're hearing the Jews. You know, 1947, when Israel became independent and then a sovereign nation across NATO and the world were recognized as a sovereign nation, Jews came here and they were screaming and chanting and like, you know, yelling and all that and like celebrating. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling energy. And I've always been, I've always been very, you know, good instinct, really good. I feel energies like I can tell some, some, something fishy and something bad and like good energy. I lived in Brooklyn, so I had to, you know? So, so anyway... Always thought it was Jews for many years, 10 years, 10 years later, 28 years old. I, um, you know, I'm explaining, I'm telling this, this friend, uh, you know, the, the guy, uh, the God's messenger, the story. And he goes, Anna, that, Anna, that wasn't the Jews. That, that, that was the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, if it was a Jews and you heard that energy, you would heard it. You wouldn't have felt that you felt the Holy Spirit, read the Bible. He says, angels sing at the throne of God. And as soon as he started to talk, talk and explaining to me, I just knew, I knew in my core I just, I knew, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it was God. And I knew it was angels. It, it sounds crazy to say this. Like, oh, I heard it. I heard angels singing. Mm-hmm. Like, you think the person's insane, right? Normally, if I don't, if I, I mean, I was an atheist. So I, I thought, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I was crazy, but I thought this is weird. And it was mirrored back to me by someone else. And 10 years later, it made sense. I, everything he said mm-hmm. makes sense. Everything I asked God. And that's when I just knew. And that's when I broke down, started crying, and I asked God for forgiveness, and I felt I felt cleansed of all my sins. I felt so clean and fresh. Mm. And the next day, I got on a plane. That's the day I was born. The next day, I got on a plane to fly to my sister's house because that was my next trip that was booked. So I, um, I, I'm on the plane, and I just hear this, like, I hear so much. I have, I have like, this download in my head of all these things like it was really, it's a long, kind of a bit of a story too, but I hear all these things come in, come, come in my ear. It's just like, you, I, you have, I have messages for you. You have to tell this to people. And it was like, bam, it was like message from my brother, message from my sister, message from my mother, message from some of my friends. I was like, what is this? And it was really loud. It was a different voice. It was a very small voice, but it was amplified in my mind. I knew it wasn't me because I never talked to myself saying, you have to say, I, I don't think, you know, in your head, when you, when you think to yourself, if you're like, oh, me, I'm going to do this later. It wasn't, it was just you, you. So I wrote all this stuff down. And then it was a lot of it was things that are going to happen. Like, this is going to happen. You're, you, you know, you and your boyfriend will break up in June. All this, just all these prophecies came true to the T, every single thing. And so, you know, being reborn, you're cleansed of your sins, sins, God, God talks to you and God talks to people. And so he did talk to me that day and everything he said happened. And from that, I was like, okay, I know you're real. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) Like I heard your angels, but now you can talk in my ear and everything happened. They said, I I know this is real. So that is when I took Jesus Lord as Lord and Savior of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm trying to be as, as good as I can be, as sinless as I can be, as righteous as I can be, which I've lived pretty much my whole life trying to be as good as I can be anyway, thankfully for good parenting, but um, just being more aware of God. And, and I went from a liberal atheist to a reborn conservative Christian in yeah. 2015, and it's been the best ride of my life. And I have to say, and the last thing I want to say is, is that I was so, I don't, I was so lost and confused and miserable. I was unhappy, you know, being atheist liberal for a long time. I don't have a liberal, but all of that together. And then like right now, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of things. I don't have, 
like I don't have much in my life, right? I have thankfully great family that I love, but I have my relationship with God. I am so happy and I'm so at peace. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I've had way more money in the past. Right now I don't. And I'm so happy and I'm so happy and it was so, so worth it. And so I think that anyone, and that's actually the reason why I started my show. My, my show is specifically I started for to reach the youth mm. um, and specifically drip, not just politics. The underlying reason why I started my show was to drip God in there and to have and awaken them mm. because it's the most beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. And you, you were mentioning that you, uh, I heard you in the past talk about, you have a lot of, you had a lot of liberal followers that you turned. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I have a good amount that, that turn. I have a, okay. So I have a lot that turn against me. <laughs> Pitchforks <laughs> and torches. And... Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I explained it this way. Like I had, there's like a, a poker world that I'm from, which millions of people play. And, you know, people that know me and stuff like that. Um, and then there's millions of Survivor fans. Okay. And then there's millions of political people. So there's like three different worlds, right? And so when I came out as a Trump supporter um, in 2015, 2016, uh, you know, my, air, my show aired 2016. So when I, you know, came out in, in public as a Trump supporter and saying, listen to him, he's, he's speaking the truth, you know, that I support him publicly. I knew I was going to have backlash. I didn't know how much of backlash I would have. It was really hard at first, um, you know, because normally, I mean, I, I don't have drama with anyone. I don't have beef with anyone. I get along with everyone. I can always find a conversation with someone and never felt that. But I have to say it was the best thing that happened to me because I think God, I, I formed a really good shell. In terms of nothing phases me anymore. When someone has there's an article about me, white supremacist, all this bullshit, I, I, it doesn't bother me as it used to. So, um, you know, I got a lot of backlash from Poker World, Survivor World, which is a ton of people, you know, followers, fans, friends, friends, you know, mm. that I that I lost. But you know, God, God cleanse those friends of friend, cleanse those friends, and I have tenfold amazing people in my life that I consider friends that are best friends of mine that are way better and way more loyal and just amazing people. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of people that email me and message me, direct message me from the poker world and survivor world that say, Hey, Anna, I, I agree with you. I'm too afraid to say it on my Twitter. I'll get all this backlash. I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate you. And even some people that don't agree with me say, you know, Anna, I, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I, I, I love the fact that you are so outspoken, so passionate about it. And even though you know you're going to get shit for it in the poker world, survivor world, I appreciate you saying that. And so, and so I, I very much appreciate those messages because there's there's a lot of death threats too, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> that comes along with it. So, yeah. But it's all good. And uh, I think, and I feel safe. I know God protects me and I try to be smart with anything that I do. And but I'll always speak my mind, whatever's on my, what's on my heart, my passion, I'll, I'll always say it. And, and I'm so happy that I did because it's, uh, it's made me a lot stronger as a human being and yeah. I'm proud of myself, which I haven't been able to say in the longest time. Oh, good. I don't think I've ever said that. So, I'm, you know, that's an umda podcast first. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah. What I, what I was curious about, um, did you grow up uh, atheist? Like, were your parents atheists? My dad's an atheist. Okay. My, so my dad is atheist Jew, and my okay. mom is Christian Orthodox. She also was an atheist for a long time until she, um, until I was, you know, when, it, when I was born, I was really young, she yeah. started turning to God. And so she'd take me to church every Sunday, or the Christian Orthodox church. I believed in God for a little amount of time, um, you know, because my mom was teaching us about it. But I think when I was in high school, I was like, this whole thing is fake. Like there's no such thing as God. And, you know, 
Jesus, that's all fake. And, and I didn't believe in it. So um, I didn't like to use the word atheist, but I was an atheist because I just hated the word. I thought it was just like, it's kind of like a negative word. And I didn't, knew I didn't like it, but I was, I didn't believe in God. I thought, you know, I was also a science freak, so I love biology, and I was a science nerd. I mean, that's all I did was study biology, and and I was like, there's no way it doesn't God doesn't fit into this this scientific world of mine. It just there's, rationally doesn't make sense. But then when you have an experience where science doesn't explain it, and you hear into the spiritual realm, and you know it's happening, and you're like, what is going on? You know, um, when you when you have your own experience with it, whether, you know, some people have Jesus come in a dream. Some people, you know, die, come back to life, have the same story of heaven, have the same story of Jesus coming. Like if you Google it, you'll, you'll YouTube it. There's so many videos. I mean, people across the world, Muslims that are waking up in, 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 in drones, like so many people are awakening in this world. And it's not just this country. It's all over the world. I have friends of mine who are missionaries who travel to Turkey, who travel to Palestine, who travel to, you know, my friends are ex-Muslim. They're Christians. They 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 travel these countries and they um and they they wake up people. And I have to say, actually, one last thing I want to just say that's amazing is that these there's so many people in the Middle East that love Israel, that believe in God, and that believe in Jesus even, and are too afraid to say it because they're afraid to get killed. Mm. Too afraid to say it. <laughs> But they also love Israel and respect Israel, and 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 they they just don't have a way out. They have no money to get out. They're afraid of you know the backlash. Afraid to get killed and stoned. It's a terrible world they're living in. So there's there's a lot of hope too. It's yeah, it's that kind of reality to wow. me. Whenever I hear something like that, it's just like it's so far from my reality in my whole life experience, my whole childhood growing up here in, in California yeah. as just a, as just a, a normal regular kid growing up in California in you know, the, the turn of the 21st century that it's, it's, it's almost like a movie to me when you say something like that, when people are actually afraid just to say that, you know, just to, just mm-hmm. to mention that. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's still, even in the United States, it's a social ostracization, ostracized. Anyways, um, in, in the United States, I mean, it's still, you, there's not no consequences to, to admitting something like that, but, but to, to be fearful for your life, that's unreal to me. Well, you know, yeah. in, in America, it's a fear of like a social status thing because you're, it's more fashionable to be a, a liberal atheist. I was going to say, it's, 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 in America, it's, it's almost, uh, you're almost afraid to say you're Christian. Yeah. You know, uh, whereas if you come out as Muslim, you have everyone back, you would love you, which, listen, uh, this is the reason why we have freedom of religion in this country is the beauty of having freedom of religion, whether you're Muslim, whether you're atheist, whether you, you know, you're Christian, whether you're Jewish. <laughs> but there are countries in the world where you have to be a certain religion. There is no freedom of religion. And that's something that is uh, very much going on. There's there's many people that are afraid to speak out. Um, there's a huge movement in, in Singapore with Christianity. There's a huge movement in China. I don't know if you know this, but China is the, um, for my friends that travel out there, it is, it is the fastest growing country of churches. There's a ton of underground churches and, uh, and Christianity is spreading through China like no one's business. Like it's just, it's just beautiful what's happening. Singapore, Middle East, um, you know, I have, I met a few people that have, have had like, I'll just give you one quick story. I was in Israel a few months ago visiting family and I was invited to, uh, to, to this missionary, you know, um, private birthday, uh, not birthday, uh, private dinner. 
And so I, I, I came there and, um, and, and, I, and I met an ex-Muslim, another, you know, I, I have a friend who's an ex-Muslim who does mission, missionary trips. And I asked him, what's his story? Because I'm always fascinated to know what people's stories are, because everyone has amazing stories of how they're reborn, how they came to, came to God or came to Jesus. So, um, and, and I asked him, like, how, you know, what happened to you? How did you, uh, it sounds like it's like, like, what happened to you? Um, <laughs> so he was like, well, my, so here's the, here's the interesting thing about, about Muslim uh, families is that a lot of times when one person, the, the, the Muslims are, have such a strong family value core, which is beautiful to see. Um, they have such strong family core that when one person changes and changes a religion, either you're ostracized or you change. If you have a significant experience and the family believes you, the whole family changes together. So it's either you're ostracized from the family or the whole family mm. changes together. And he was lucky enough that that changed the whole family. His mother, um, a terrible, um, I, I, I don't think he wanted to say, but I think she had an acid attack where her whole face was just, oh, he said, it was, her, her, her whole face was just ruin. And, um, Wait, and like, he, like recently Palestine. or this was, this was a long time ago. This was, um, this was, this was, this was years ago. I think this was like four, four from what I gathered, like four or five years ago, oh, okay. she had an he didn't tell me she had an ass attack, but he said her whole face was ruined and went to doctors and they couldn't fix it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I can put the pieces together. Right. I mean, you know, so um, in, in terms of, you know, her whole face just changed. And I said, okay. And he said, well, one night she went to, you know, was sleeping with her husband and she woke up in the middle of the night from a dream. And in her dream, Jesus came to her dream and said, I'm G, you know, my name is, you know, my, I'm Jesus. Follow me. You're, you're going to wake up and your face will be healed. Follow me. This is what he said. He said, your face is now healed. Follow me. And she woke up at 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m., which God loves number three and Holy Trinity. And she woke up her husband and said, um, I just had a dream, like Jesus in my dream. I felt really real. You know, is my face okay? And he goes, go look in the mirror. And so she goes to look in the mirror and her face was 100% healed back to normal miracle happened. Um, and so, you know, her face was, 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 was cured and was healed. And from then on, her husband believed her son, which is the guy I was talking to her whole family turned Christian. They're ex-Muslims that they're, they're totally Christian. Yeah. I mean, there was a, so when, when there's a miracle that happens in a family or, or, um, something like that of significance where doctors can't explain it, you know, and biology can't explain it, right. you know, so it's what shifts people and their perspective. And again, I had a spiritual experience and I knew, I just, I just knew in my whole, my soul that, that God was real. Yeah. Yeah. And me and Tommy, I mean, over the past year or so, just countless hours of, of talking about, um, just the state of religion, the state of, uh, philosophy and all, all this within reference to the crazy politics that we're, uh, experiencing. And I think one thing that's interesting is that a couple couple episodes ago on uh, the Rubin Report, Dave Rubin called it the intellectual dark web where you have uh, all these people ducking uh, and going over and through mainstream media and getting these in-depth conversations that they just can't get anywhere else. And what I think, yeah. what I think is, that. yeah, yeah. And so with like, you know, you've got Sam Harris, you've got Jordan Peterson, you've got yes. Stefan Moylanier, you've got, uh, you know, just this plethora of, of um, incredibly you know, uh, in-depth and well-thought-out arguments that are happening in rational, real, rational happening in real time. Um, and what's, what's so great about it is I think that is what brings people together because if you're, 
a little background about me and Tommy's similar background. I, I grew up Catholic and then uh, became atheist and I have been atheist ever since. But, mm-hmm. but I think there's this inevitable dark night of the soul that anyone who's been religious and then leaves religion feels. Mm-hmm. And that leaves you, it, it, st- it leaves you wanting for more because you, you, which is the big fight that I think uh, has always been the big fight, which is uh, no religion equals nihilism. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you experience nihilism or you experience that feeling of, a, of a, I think you mentioned you, you went through a little bit of a dark phase in your life. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. That's why it's in every movie. Uh, everyone always goes through that dark night of the soul, but Absolutely. Oh, yes, but, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and I think I think what's so great and so valuable about conversations like this and conversations about uh, that other people having across the Internet um, is is it's kind of like in, in what I what I'm determining is people piecing together the puzzle of this sort of nihilistic worldview, which which is kind of inherent in, in modern day liberalism. And it's and mm-hmm. e- so even if you have these conservative values, which, you know, um, it, it, you might be, you, you know, for, for me, um, in college, I went to, I went to a liberal college as well. And, um, you know, the economics never made sense of the left to me. So that always kept me, that always kept me on the, on the conservative side, but for sure I was, I wasn't an SJW, but I was, uh, you know, SJC, I was SJ curious. And, uh, and, I like and, that too. <laughs> and it definitely was, definitely was like that for a little while. And I think it, when, when, when you're like left in a, uh, when things go wrong in your life and you, you have nothing to turn to, I think this is, these are the conversations that really helpful. So whether, whether or not you, you're believing in God or you're yeah. believing in something, there is, there is something it's like, you know, I don't call it God, but it's, it's, it's this power of love or, or whatever you want to, whatever label you want to put on it that, that I think people are striving towards. Anna? Did I cut up? Did we lose you? I, I lost you for a second, too. Yeah, you went out for a second. You back? Hey. Uh, hey. We're back. Can you hear? I don't know what happened. It was just your, yeah. your screen. Was, yeah. Okay. That was a powerful speech, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I heard the whole thing except the last, uh, I think, when we froze, the last two seconds. Oh, yeah. Um, I just I just said I think I think people are striving, striving towards something. Like it's what, Either you live uh, a life geared towards death or you live it towards life and i think that's yes. uh, for sure yeah and i and 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 to your point i think that it's really important to have these conversations whether you know there's many atheists that that listen to me and don't agree with me on certain things but but have their own experience and have their own their own you know their, their own point of view and their own rationale for certain things i totally get it mm-hmm. and um i think it's important to have these conversations have people think and there's maybe there are people that are find you know one to be true one not you know whatever it may be and pe- people are always i think searching i think that people are really searching for where do we come from mm-hmm. um whether they think it's it's the you know the big bang or god or whatever it may be um i know what my answer is but just, just to, to your point about religion though too is that you know, I'm anti-religion. I don't like religion. I'm, uh, I consider myself spiritual. I consider myself having a relationship with God that is not confined to human being doctrines. You know, I'm like, I, I, you know, I read the Bible and I, how do I say this? Like even Jesus Christ hates religion. When he came on this earth, he hated 
religion. He hated the doctrine of human beings. The relationship with God is, is a personal relationship. It's not like you have to go to church. This is why I turned away from God, too. This is why I became an atheist, because you have to do this. You have to bow yeah. down. You have to kiss this icon. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was crushed about You know, you have to worship all these gods. You have to, you know, you have to pray to all these saints. You, all these rules. And I said, I don't want to deal with these rules. I don't like this. I, I hate this, you know, and, yeah. and I stepped away from that. So. And that's another reason why, again, Jesus said, why do we have all these rules? You're making it, you know, you're pushing people away and it pushed me away. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that a, a relationship with God has nothing to do with, you know, church is great, but there's a lot of churches in this country that, again, are just taken over by these human secular ideas and that are, are pushing human doctrines and, and push, push away the word of God. Those are the churches that I, I don't go to. And there's a ton of them in this country that need to be, need to be restructured. And a lot of them are closing their doors because people are waking up. There's more home, there's more churches and gatherings of people in, in, at home where it's real and you can talk about the Bible and you can have a study and, and not have all these rules. So again, a relationship with me, with, 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 for, for me with God is, is, is spiritual is, and, and I, you know, I feel him, I hear him and, and I feel great and I'm guided and I know what I'm doing is either good or, or bad and I should do this or whatnot. So it's an it's it's and just like Jesus said, it's a it's a person it's a, it's a person it's a spiritual spiritual relationship, mm-hmm. and um, it's something that has fulfilled me and made me very happy. And now I, you know, now I have a purpose in my life. I think, that, and I know that every every person has a purpose that God has them do, and um, you know, hopefully people find them in this lifetime because it's an amazing amazing uh, relationship. Yeah. So it's not religion. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> very well said. <laughs> Extremely well said. Like I, I think that. I mean, like Mike, I, I grew up Catholic, and, and I remember, I think it was like, wow, I was 13, I, I I started not believing anymore because it was at, at that, it was right at like 13 or 14, I, I learned that there was so many other religions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all these gods. Like, wait. Like, Hindus have like 350 million gods. Like, <laughs> and, and it's like, it's not, it's not, not only there's, is there not Catholic, there's these other branches of Christianity, and my parents are like, oh, no, they're wrong. Right, yeah. Yeah, the Protestants, the Baptists—they're—they're they're all wrong, right? They're stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, wait. So. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? And, and, Actually, no, I'll let you finish. Sorry. Well, it, it, that—that's when I first was like, just the—just the fact, and I was a kid, like a, yeah. a, a it's overwhelming. Year old learning, it's overwhelming. So I just like this—this this can't be right. Yeah. And you're right. Religion, I think that turns more people off than the than the theology part of it. Exactly. It's it's the whole it's the rules of, of that comes with it, and you know to your point about. Um, to, to, you know, to religion and being overwhelming. Um, ooh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I just that. Um, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Let me just say a call back. So, shoot, I lost my train of thought. I was saying. Uh, he was young, all different religions, different denominations. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Oh, 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 yes. You know what I was going to say? I was going to say, what's interesting is that a lot of different, especially ancient religions and, and these religions that have been around a long time, have a have the story of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's in every ancient religion. And if you talk, and you all, if you also look at ancient religion, um, you can also see that they all talked about, and they were in different parts of the world, um, you know, segregated from each other, talking about a great flood that also adds up to the Bible. And it's it's, it's, it's interesting when you do when you do history on ancient ancient history ancient histories ancient religions, they have very similar stories of you know of, of, of you know Jesus was known around the world at that time, even though he was um, you know he, he was in Israel. Well, that's the place of Israel. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's just, it's interesting. And yeah, there are, there are a lot of gods for sure. One of my friends is an ex-Hindu. So he had 350 million gods. Mm. That's a hard breakup. Oh, no, over 300 million gods. Yeah. Um, in, it's a 
And so he says like a normal Hindu family will have like 20 or 30 in their homes that they that they worship and pray to. And then he's he, he had his own experience where he, um, you know, decided to go to church one day and uh, had, like was basically very weirdly uh, and supernaturally like pushed out of a seat a few times to go into the front and, and take in Jesus. And he heard in his, in his head, you know, in his, in his, in his, in his head, this is a real God, go and go and follow me, yeah. uh, go and follow him. And long story short, he's now a prophetic speaker around the world. So wow. very wow. accurate with everything he says. I mean, he's, um, his name is Sandu Sundar. So check him out. He's Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's prophesied. Like he's prophesied Trump winning. Like there's so many. And like here, here's and the last thing I want to say about this. And I don't mean to like, I don't know, like push this or whatever. Not that I ever try to convince anyone other you know, what, like, ugh. like when people ask me and like my ex is atheist, right? So he asked me like, how do you know? How do you like? What is your biggest like? When people say like, how come? You know, why do you believe in God? You know, how come the Bible? There's so many, there's so many crazy supernatural things. How can you explain it? And I said, listen, I understand it sounds crazy and it sounds weird. I, I get it. I, I used to think the same thing. Um, but when you look at a book, there's no such book as the Bible where you have 2,500 different prophecies that have been said to that were going to happen and that happened. Most of them have happened. And if you read the Bible now, if you read Revelation now, you realize this is all the stuff that's in there is happening right now. Mm. And if you look at prophetic voices like Mark Taylor, Lance Wallnow, um, Sanju Sansar, these people are prophesized Donald Trump, one in 2012, uh, one in 2001, one in 2011. Like all these have said exactly what's happening right now. Mark Taylor, look him up. Mark Taylor um, talks about military tribunals, has talked about, you know, the in 2011, how Donald Trump was going to run for president, he's going to win, that media is going to be exposed, <laughs> that Democrats are going to be exposed that um, alternative media is going to rise. That he said that he prophesized that. And here's another, like, I'll send you one of his videos. Yeah. And, 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 and I say, listen, if you don't believe, that's fine. But see, like, listen to the podcast. If it happens, what he prophesies, maybe you'll start questioning, maybe you'll start looking into it. Because he also prophesized five different um, uh, Supreme Court justices. One already died. Four more are going to, three are supposed to be involved in a huge scandal. And another one is going to die. And so he said there are going to be five conservative uh, judges that Donald Trump is going to put in. They're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. It's, you know, these demons, people are going to be upset about it and all this stuff. But he just prophesies a lot of stuff. So, like, uh, media going down, you know, Democrats being exposed, being embarrassed, Mm -hmm. um, which is happening. That Hillary Clinton was going to be on trial on TV for many years might hit the... <laughs> might hit the shackles that she's going to be exposed, and and also prophesies that one third of government. This is where Liz Crow can get that from. Is one third of government is going to not be there anymore, and we're going to have to replace them because of scandals and money laundering, pedophilia. Some of them depends on what. But yeah, I mean, there's check out Mark Taylor. Even if you're check it out. Like if I and Steve and listen to what and, some of his and where does he get this information from? His from yeah okay. So it's a uh, he's like a. And, he's he's a prophetic voice so he he hear you know he hears things and he writes it down and um no it doesn't want to be he just he just he just puts it out there and, and and a lot of things that he said has happened and a lot of things are happening right now and there's a few things that are supposed to happen in the future like one of them is um is also energy that we are no longer going to be dependent on saudi arabia and the middle east for oil that is prophesized that he said that America is going to find um, a new form of energy, and so is Israel, right under our feet that hasn't been discovered yet, this new form of energy that we will 
um, it will be discovered and will, America will be able to sustain itself. And so will Israel. Mm. And all these countries that we were dependent on, these, these countries that funded terrorism are going to be focusing their attention on us because they're going to need us. Because And he also prophesied in 2011 that Saudi Arabia, their wells are going to dry up. Guess what's happening in the news? Saudi Arabia, their wells dried up. Now they're now they are screwed. They're actually, and that's, I think, the real biggest reason why we have the um, arms deal with uh, well, Saudi Arabia and America is because Saudi Arabia knows that that that's how that's most of their economy, their GDP. That's where it comes from, oil. And their wells are drying up and they, they have to find other forms of making money. Mm. So they're struggling hardcore. And there's just a lot of things that he said that, again, has happened, is happening now, and um, will happen. Yeah, so, I think. And that's the way, and, and that's, I think, the way that if people don't believe me, that for me, if I was an atheist, I would be like, all right, well, let me hear the prophecies. Like, I used to love Nostradamus prophecies, right? And we used to look them up all the time. But I think that that's one way. And that's the way that God proves himself, because there's one thing that God holds stronger than his name, and that is his word. And when he says something, he does it. And, you know, just like Jesus said, um, you know, surely I will do it. I have I, I have planned it and I have said it. So, yeah, prophecy yeah. is a good way to show that God's real. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, what I what I get from from that is that if, you know, from my from my perspective, it's kind of like just these two forces that are always. It's just the. It's like mm-hmm. it sounds cliche, but it's the good and evil forces that are always pushing back and pushing against each other. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so. I, I was talking. I was talking to uh, my brother, who is uh, Tommy, and Tommy knows um, his cousin, my brother, um, one of the smartest people we know. And um, uh, what was he saying? Um, he, he wasn't Sam Harris, was he? Might as well be. Yeah, yeah, love him. Yeah, this is a great religion part, but yeah, oh, I mean God God's part, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's such a he's such a good guy. Um, such a great guy. Love him. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, Tommy, help me out. What was I? Sorry, I, same thing. I just lost my train of thought. What? Uh, we you were, were just talking about about God prophecies. Oh, oh coming back. But you couldn't force. Good oh, the good evil, evil force. Good evil force. Um, I don't remember. I'll, I'll think of it in, in a second. Somebody, somebody else say something. I'll, sure. <laughs> it'll, come, it'll come to me like a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's that's you know that's basically it with me. Yeah, that's just a journey I've been on, and I am very happy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you, do you, I mean, I guess the one thing that I just for our, for our listeners because we do have a. a um, I mean, I, I know a lot of atheists that are also conservative and mm-hmm. like the way that you talk you know, about like it becoming a, a born again and conservative, yeah. right? Like I, I don't, I don't love the idea of tying those two things together because I, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like that, uh, I'm totally separate, totally separate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like, do you think that for you, they were synonymous or it just no. coincidence? Okay. No, no, no. It was a total coincidence, total coincidence, because I was first conservative, um, for sure. In terms of, you know, when you say I was red pilled, red pilling is a process. It's not a, it's not a, you take a red pill and so no, when I started realizing something was wrong and I was researching, 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 and the more I dug in, the more I thought, oh my God, I mean, I kept going. And then my brother-in-law is, um, you know, ex-military, ex-cop, all that. And when I, and he's been trying to tell me for years, I thought he was nuts. I thought this guy's crazy. You know, uh, his values are crazy. Just, he's, you know, he's conservative. And, um, and then one day I just called him up. I said, dude, like, 
I couldn't even talk. He, he knew he's so funny. He's one of my, he's really close. We're really close. And he goes, you know, fly here. I can't say this to you on the phone. I was like, Oh, so I flew over all across the country to go ask my brother in person. Um, is this real? Is this, is, is, this, is what I'm researching the truth? And he said, Anna, it's worse than that. You know, and he's, he's, he's had a perspective because he's, he's been at war and he's seen behind the scenes of evil and all that stuff and realized that we were kind of the terrorists in some areas and, and all that stuff. And, um, and, and I had a panic attack. I had a panic attack when I started getting red filled, right? I had a panic attack. And um, what I have to say, I remember feeling like a fine line. Like I was, I felt like one foot was in this blissful, ignorant world. And then one foot was discovering the truth. And I remember jumping back and forth for weeks saying, oh, this is interesting. Oh, wait, no, this is too much. Okay, I'm going to come back here. And I kept jumping back and forth. And it was a process. And then I finally decided, you know, I want to know the truth. I want to have kids one day. I want to know what's going on in the world. I don't want to be ignorant. I want to know. So I was conservative. And I didn't even, I was still an atheist for a long time. It wasn't together. I don't consider them being together. It wasn't. It didn't happen that way at all. It was a year later when I was, um, you know, I was, I was just like, what is this obsession uh, with politics? Like, and I was lost. And I was left alone with only... The man upstairs, and the man upstairs uh, answered answered my call. <laughs> wow. And and you've been uh, I think you, you like you called yourself part of the new right. Yeah, how would I, you define I, that? Yeah, that's funny because you know, I heard Cernovich say that at Night of Freedom. I thought I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that seems about yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, when, when the alt-right started coming around during 2015, I thought, oh, okay, so Stony is alt-right. All these guys I agree with. Okay, so that means I'm alt-right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the alt-right was taken over by actual Nazis, actual white supremacists, and took over that label. And I thought, okay, no, it's, See, you know, we've all to be, said to, no to that. But for that, for me, like, I, I never really understood where people were getting that from. Like, yes, there may have been, um, you know, these white supremacists uh, on Twitter or on YouTube or whatever it was. But it seemed to, like everywhere I read that was was you know the CNN it was it was yeah all these, it's like but it's it been was, hijacked it's, it's sort of like the word feminism it was hijacked like, like it, it means was hijacked yes. well yeah but but even like I, like it's you know how when you ask women who are feminists they're like what is feminism and you'll get like a thousand different definitions it's like oh, that, yeah. that's what I felt like the all right was it was sort of it was yeah and. Totally. Yeah, and but but then you actually had people like Richard Spencer and things like you know people like that who who but I'm all right. I'm like, well, if you're all right, I'm not because right. I'm out of this game. Like I'm not part of this group. Right. So so like and so then this new term, new right, came up. But to be honest with you, I I thought about it and I I, I don't like the whole labeling thing. I I, I never wanted to be labeled. You know. Um, I don't like the I don't like the labels. First of all, that's an identity politics kind of thing. All these different labels that they succumb to and fit in this little box. I'm not in a box. I, you know, when you, you know, when I when I became conservative and I started taking conservative principles, I thought, oh my God, there's all these different names. There's libertarian. There's conservative. There's you know, there's all right. There's 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 like you know, middle. There's all this, and I was like, ugh, I, I hate these labels. But you know, on, on one hand, it kind of organizes people, and it, it's good to see you know people lie. You see libertarian. You know you. You want limited government, but you, you know, you're not as conservative where you, you know, you sex, you know, same sex marriage and all that you're okay with and all that kind of stuff. So it, in one hand, it's important to group people together so you understand where yeah. their ideal ideologies come from, come from where they stand. But at the same time, some, you, you make quick judgments on people and you don't have the time to really get to know them and see where their, where their ideas really lie. Yeah. And so that's why I'm kind of against labels, not against it, but I, I just don't like to label myself anything. I just... Well, it's kind of like, I, it's kind of like, clo- yeah. it's kind of like clothing. Like 
people yeah. people signal you know you you have to wear clothes you people people have to communicate about what sort of group they're in in order to have mm-hmm. conversations but you know the the person wearing the clothes that you know whether it's somebody in a business suit or somebody like a punk rocker with leathers or whatever it is you you know a little bit about them of course they're a complex human being but but it, the, these labels kind of serve in in my view as kind of like just like sort of piecing together what sort of ideas people have uh, at a base For level sure. and and I don't know that's that's how I'm kind of looking at it and then and then and exactly and then it comes with all these preconceived notions of who you think someone is and and yeah. like let's say I wear you know heels and a dress every day and then I start you know wear baggy clothes and sneakers mm-hmm. they'll think oh that's weird no that's that's who I am too so right. you know you you get stuck into these groups and these these groups of ideologies and I, there's things that I agree with on Trump there's things I disagree with on Trump mm-hmm. and so you know being labeled as a Trump supporter I for sure I support our president there's things I agree with things I disagree with um mostly 95 percent of them I agree with and I'm just totally have back um you know so anytime you're grouped in something it kind of yeah that's why I'm not really crazy about labels so um I would say I'm new right you know months ago I just I wouldn't say it now I just I'm just uh you know just conservative girl like just Anna Kate yeah yeah Yeah, Mike and I hate labels as well we've we've talked about it before but there is a a cleverness uh, from a branding perspective I'm sorry to cut you off and I was going to say for sure it's it's smart because I am technically new right new conservative so it was perfect but guess what that's going to be taken over and then then you're going to disavow that too I mean it's just a constant disavowing game and it's you know yeah. 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 Oh man, the, the disavowing culture is <laughs> so gross. It's really like, annoying. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like you you need to say twenty disclaimers before you say anything. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And people are always going to mislabel you, misjudge you when you are conservative. It just it just comes to the territory. Yeah. You know, whether you're, whether you're a Christian conservative or whether you're an atheist conservative, we're all in the same fight. We're yeah. all battling the same demons. Whether you think it's a demon or not, we're the same evil forces. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, and every, we're in it together. Yeah. And some of my best friends are atheists. So. Yeah, and every time I say this, it's it, it comes off as assholey, but uh, it, it's <laughs> it seems to me that a lot of conservative values and a lot of um, uh, not just values, but um, like economically, because to me, I mean, to me, it's always been about the economics um, and policy, how the policy affects the market. Um, but yeah, uh, I always sound like an asshole when I say this, but a lot of conservative ideas, you have to think about them. <laughs> like, it's easier to just like agree with a liberal idea that's that's because it's just snap and it's like a value it's a value statement that it's all in one statement. You don't need any data. Exactly. You don't need any history. It's just like we should let. I mean, not, you know, not to make any judgment about, about immigration, because I, I have no idea what my, my real stance is on it. But just if, if someone were to say to you, we, we should let people in because the United States is the richest country in the, in the world and um, and people are in pain and they need to come in. It's like that. Yes. And, like no one disagrees say, with that. I mean, no one disagrees with that on a face value level. But uh, I yeah. see as, an, as, a, as a first generation immigrant that came yeah. to this country when I was four years old, without having a clue why I was here, my parents brought, brought me here legally. Right. I would say um, as a first generation immigrant, I'm all for immigration. I'm all, but I also see immigration as a privilege. It's not a right for everyone. It's a privilege to be in this country. And I think that we do have to vet who comes in our country. And number one, we need to have a secure border. Number two, the immigrants that are coming to this country, I agree, totally agree with Donald Trump when he says this, we should make sure we're taking 
hardworking people. Like when my family came here, we came with $120 in our pocket. We were on food stamps for seven months. And then as soon as my dad got a job, barely speaking any English, found a job, we instantly went on food stamps because we came from a country where we had socialism and communism. We were dependent on the government and we were taught to think that that's normal. And it's not normal because we had 20 million people killed. You know, um, we, you know, when you come from- What exact age were you when, you when you moved? What was that? How, how old were you when you moved? I was four when I moved here. Okay, okay. When my, not when I moved here, when my family brought me here because I don't have a choice. You know? <laughs> like, don't know what's going on. So, um, so, yeah, so when my parents brought me here, but so, yeah, so that's just my point for immigration. It's, it's a privilege, in my opinion, right. um, and especially being an immigrant. I'm yeah. all for immigration. I'm all for legal immigration. But I'm also all for um, people coming in here that want to assimilate, that want to help this country. And, and obviously, you know, low-paying jobs where you take in illegal immigrants for low-paying jobs, Democrats don't realize that they're on the team of big business. They're so against big business, but they're helping big business mm -hmm. when you allow legal immigration to come into the country and you have low-paying jobs. What happens is those, then that affects um, other Americans that want to have a job. And that, right. you know, decreases. Uh, there's a whole thing that comes up. I don't know if I right. keep going, but right. yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, to, to that point, like, um, you know, it's just, it, it's for, for these leftist ideas to get gain traction, it doesn't take very much. Like, no. I like I, I the point you just made. Uh, yeah, of course, um, there needs to be some sort of system of legal immigration. But but in terms of like getting people behind their movement, uh, it, they're th like the idea like you want equal have, rights. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can put it on a poster. Money and not be poor. Yeah, you can yeah. put it on a poster. Yeah. You can rally people. Like you can't like give a bunch of data and a bunch of like history lessons on a on a poster rally. You know, it's like you, mm -hmm. whatever whatever you say that's more conservative it just will end up sounding a little colder only because you don't have the chance yeah. usually to. No, you're absolutely right. On a poster, the left has better ideas but then when you look at how we do those things they're terrible ideas <laughs> i and i and i would say too like to your point where the left uses these words like pro-choice and you know equality you know all this all, all these beautiful terms but they don't really realize that those terms are just used for a specific agenda mm -hmm. um we you know when you talk about social equality in in in, in russia and in, in china and communist countries uh, that that well actually they they, they, they were capitalist countries that were indoctrinated with these ideas and, and uh, you know, the socialists, for example, they're called the Bolsheviks in Russia that were using terms like equality and all, everyone's going to be equal. They don't realize that you can't have everyone equal being rich doesn't happen. So if you have everyone equal, they're all really poor and you're all struggling. And it's just, it's, and the people that are in power and that are in control are the ones that have everything on the top. If you've read the book Animal Farming, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the pigs in power and they have everything and, and the whole farm is working their butt off. No, 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 Anna, you don't understand. Communism has never been tried in its true form. You don't, you just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Socialism is, socialism is a great idea. Yeah, it's so great to just just steal from people yeah, yeah. Um, from their hardworking, you know, hardworking jobs. But yeah, I mean, again, on paper it sounds great, but then you look into it and dig into it and say, uh, pro choice, you mean pro death? Uh, I'm not pro death, I'm pro life. Yeah. Yeah. When you. Yeah. yeah. But this has been great, guys. Thank you so much for yeah. having me on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Um, Tommy, I, I, are you gonna do Marriage for Freedom? What do you think? Yeah, are you, so are you going uh, next week to D.C.? I am going to be at CPAC. Um, I'm doing Wayne Dupree's show a few days, and so I have a press pass. I'll be at, you know, hopefully on all the speakers' events. And, um, yeah, I am planning to go to the Night for Freedom. Okay, cool. Awesome, yeah. Well, I might see you there. So. <laughs> I might see you there. Where, where do you guys live again? Where are you guys from? I'm on the West uh, so Coast. 
Yeah. He's on the West Coast. I'm in uh, in Hoboken. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm going to drive out too. So I have a bunch of friends coming. I heard it's an awesome event. I've never been to CPAC, so I'm excited to go. And uh, and I know that usually actually the, the, the people meet at the bar. That's where everyone really hangs out because um, it's a bit pricey, some of the, you know, some of the events. So, yeah. um, but I'll see you guys at Night for Freedom. I'll okay. be there definitely to support yeah, Tom, Mike. Tommy might be there. I won't be, but you guys have a good time. And Anna, it was really great to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Anna. Bye, everyone. Bye. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.